Of the Lord this evening. Amen. Truly, really want oil in our lambs. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's just, let's just call upon Him this evening. Dear Lord, we want to say thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, O oh God. For the truly, O oh Father, the rivers of right, O oh poor Lord. And Father, many a spirit will have the Father of walk and come back. But Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that there is a source, O oh God. That there's a source that we can go to, Lord. That there's a place that we can come, Lord, and you can feed us, O Lord. Father, we thank you that this place that you've opened, that we can still come in, Lord. And Father, receive from you, receive your word, O Lord God, to encourage us, O Lord, to keep pressing on, Lord, O Father, to keep O Heavenly Father moving, O Lord, until O Heavenly Father, you come, O Lord, and take us away, Lord. We just thank you, O Lord. We bless your name, O Father, and this evening, Lord, we just want to give you preeminence, Lord. We just want to give you liberty, O oh Lord Jesus. Father, I surrender myself to you, O oh God. Father, let me be just a vessel, Lord, O oh God, that you will speak to every heart, O oh Lord. Both here present, and Lord, those at home, O oh Lord, I pray you reach down to every home, O oh God. The Father, you sweep through, Heavenly Father, this place like never before, O oh Lord. Not because of the service, but Lord, because you're God, O oh Father, Lord. That it won't be only in the service, but it will be service after service, O oh God, Lord. That you come for your people who are looking forward to see you, your under expectation, O oh Lord. Lord, we want to see you move, not just for emotion, but Lord, our faith may lift up, O oh God, Lord. That we may trust you, O oh Lord, God. Father, we pray that you may reveal yourself to us, O oh God. That we may know who we really are, O oh Father, Lord, God. And step out in faith, taking you at your word, O oh God. Father, we give ourselves to you this evening, Lord. We just ask that you have your way. We thank you for the song service, for the special, Lord. Father, we thank you for the atmosphere that has been created, O oh Lord. And we just ask the name, Lord. Father, you continue moving, Lord, among us, O oh Lord. We surrender all to you now, O oh Lord, that you'll be glorified. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you. Amen. Thank you for the Myron musicians. God bless you. Amen. Amen. No, we sure did appreciate the word. This appreciate the word this morning. Amen. It was, it was a wonderful word. I thank the Lord for it. And really, um, what really moved me for the service tonight was what was spoken on Wednesday. When Brother Ed spoke on leaving Babylon. I was almost thinking of speaking leaving Babylon part two, but well, I, I just took another title. But... It really moved on my heart, and I, I pray that the Lord will lead us this evening. Amen. Amen. Let's open to the book. Let's turn first to, um, to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, we read 57 to 62. Luke 9, 57, 62. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes of holes and bird, birds of the air have nets, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. 
And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go, bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plough, and looking back is fit of, for the kingdom of God. We also turn to the book of Ruth. And we read Ruth chapter 1. We read from verse 14, 14 to 17. We all know the story of Ruth. We're just taking a little piece of it. Amen. Ruth chapter, Ruth chapter 1, 14. To 18. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Oprah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfast minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the words. You may have your seat. Amen. Amen. This evening, we want to talk on what title this evening is No Turning Back. No Turning Back. As we said on Wednesday, as Brother Ed was speaking on, on leaving Babylon, the Lord started telling me on this of no turning back. Amen. You see, to turn back is the decision that is in the will of every man. And we know very well that we're living in a time that we will read in, in Luke chapter 17. And, you know, the Bible will tell us that as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the last days. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the last days. And he will talk about in this last days when it was the manifestation of the Son of Man. And we know that the Son of Man ministry is continuing in the bride. Amen. And when he goes down to speaking in those scriptures of Luke 17, he comes to a certain spot. And for a verse, he just says, he says, um, in that verse, he just says, um, oh, remember Lot's wife. Thank you. <laughs> he just says, remember Lot's wife. Amen. Remember Lot's wife. In this season, remember Lot's wife. But what is he trying to say to you to remember? He's saying remember her because what did she do? She looked back. And he said, remember her in these times, in these last days where the, the, the Sodom condition is back on earth, where Noah's condition is back on earth. Remember one ten. remember Lord's wife, amen. And as he said, you know, to turn back is a decision that lays in the will of every man, amen. No matter which road that you're on, whether you're on the road to glory or you're on a road to condemnation, 
There is a power, amen. There is a power that can keep you on that road or that can keep you from turning away from that road, amen. And tonight, if you are a person that you are heading down the broad way, amen, the way that is easy, amen, the way that is easy in Babylon, the way that, you know, there is glamour, the way that, you know, tends to just, you know, you're just enjoying where you're at and you're enjoying the pleasure still of the world. If you are at that place this evening, I want you to know that this is your time that you can turn back, amen, that you can turn around and head another way, amen. Because we are not here to stay in Babylon. We are not here to stay in Egypt. We are not here to stay in this world. But we have been called for a rapture. Amen. We have been called for a deliverance. Amen. We are a separate people. We are a different type of people. But you see, if you are here and if you are walking down the narrow way, and then I want to say to you and I want to encourage you this evening, keep your eyes upon the signs that is on the road. Amen. Because on this road that you are on, there are signs that are saying, you keep pressing on. Amen. You keep pressing on because you are an overcomer. Amen. You are an overcomer because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. You just keep walking. You just keep focused. Amen. I remember on Friday, uh, must have been two weeks ago when brother Andrew was speaking to the young people and he said this year you know he said you know this one thing that we've had on our mind and the Lord has been leading us to and that is going to be young people in the rapture but he said I want to add another thing to it this year and he said I want to add to web that we keep our eyes focused amen that we keep focused on the goal that we keep our eyes on where we are going amen and the road sign that you are that you see while you walk this narrow way is to stay steady stay focused Amen. Don't turn to the left. Amen. Don't turn to the right. I need to turn back. Amen. Because this road is a narrow way. It's a road which you walk only you and Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And we're called not to turn back. Amen. But to keep our eyes as we walk this road. And we know that on this road, we are going to see junctions. Amen. On this road, there are going to be ups and downs. Amen. There are going to be corners that we'll be turning. But you see, through it all, the only thing that is going to keep you on the road is if you have a guide. That's the only thing that is going to keep you on the road. There is nothing else that's going to show you the path on this narrow way but only a guide. He's the only one that knows the road. He's the only one that has gone before. Amen. Because you see, this guide, he is the light to your feet. Amen. He is the light of your salvation. Amen. This guide, he knows he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life also. Amen. And this is the guide that is leading you in this part of the road. Amen. And you see, when you find this guide and this guide sets you on the path that you are on, I want you to notice that when you are on this road, you are bound to have victory. You are bound to have victory. But now you also ought to remember that victory cannot come without a battle. Amen. Victory cannot come without a battle. So if you are on this road and you are expecting to have victory, then be sure expecting to have battles. But also remember that as you are facing this battle, that remember that a road sign told you that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. The road sign told you that he has overcome. Amen. That he has done the overcoming and you are an overcomer. Why? Because he is living in you. And I believe that this evening I am speaking to a people 
that have made up their mind that they are not turning back. That we are not turning back. We are not retreating, amen. We are not giving up, amen. But we are going all the way, amen. We are taking up every devil that is going to present itself on our way. If it is the devil of cancer, we are going to take him up because we know the captain that is leading us in this battle. If it is the devil of COVID, we are going to take him up because we know the captain that is leading this battle, amen. We are called and we have been chosen and we have been promised in this last age that we are going to be an invincible army. Amen. I believe that this wasn't spoken by any other man, but it wasn't even spoken by Brother Branham, but it was the Spirit of God that anointed him on that day, and he spoke the word straight from heaven, and he said that you are going to be an invincible army, and we are not turning back, and we won't say it on the notice evening that there is a bride that is not turning back. Amen. But we are going all the way. We are going all the way. We are going to take each and every one of them. One by one, we will take them up because they want you to remember that on that day, there's not going to be one devil that is going to stand before that white throne and say the bride of Christ was not able to overcome me. You can name any devil you want. The bride of Christ is going to overcome that devil. Because on that day, no one can prove that they are more powerful than my God. No devil can prove that he's more powerful than your God. And you are the one that has been called to defeat the enemy. Amen. It is not the preacher that has been called. It is not only the preacher, but you have been called. Amen. We remember the children of Israel. See, they were called and they were chosen people of God. And see, they were called out of bondage and out of slavery. They were called out and they were sad that they were going to be taken to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. But you see, as they started on on this journey and they started to walk, there was a mixed multitude that came along with them. And Brother Branham will say, Israel and the church, number three, Jeffersonville, 1953, he will say, Brother, a mixed multitude. The phenomena had been done. A big revival was on. People were getting saved and coming in. And a group went up impersonating that. They went up acting, acting like they were believers. Sure. They put on their sandals and everything and got ready. But that same mixed multitude that taken communion and went on, on the march was the very ones that began to murmur and cause the children of Israel's heart, their hearts to turn back to Egypt again. That's what it is tonight, brother. Have a revival and there will be a mixed multitude certain as anything. And you may say, but who is the mixed multitude tonight? I can tell you it's not your brother or your sister sitting next to you, but it's your very flesh. It is your very flesh. You see, the day you came to the altar and you received the Lord, your flesh was there. The day you received the Holy Ghost, your flesh was there. He was always there with you. The day you were having a revival, he was there. 
He was there right shouting with you. He was there right praising the Lord with you. But in the very moment of trouble, he's the very same one that started to bring discouragement to you. He's the very same one that started to bring disappointment to you. He's the very same one that started to bring condemnation and started to bring guilt upon you. He's the very same one that started to tell you, let's go back to Egypt. This message, believers, life is just too hard. Let's go back to Egypt. Oh, let's just sit down on the pew and let's just, just be lukewarm. It is this very same flesh. He is the mixed multitude. But I want you also to notice that on this journey, there was a Joshua. And there was also a Caleb that was on the journey. And you see, these people, they were not listening to the voices of the mixed multitude. But there was another voice that they were listening to. They were listening to the voice of their prophet. They were listening to the voice of the deliverer. That was the voice they were listening to, paying no attention to what the mix more that you had to say. And I believe that we've got Joshua's in this age. And I believe that you are the Joshua. You don't pay attention to what your flesh is saying to you. But listen to that voice. Listen to that source. Feed on that source. Ignore your body. If there is pain, ignore it and go back to the promise. Listen to what the promise said. Friends, it is time to take God at his word. Friends, this is not something that we said. He said it. And he didn't just say it and just leave it there. But he said it and he said, when you go to pray and when you believe, you will receive it. That's what he said. I was there the other day up in Mike's, Mike's house and, and we were just fellowshipping and there was something that he said. And he was speaking about a time, you know, Brother Harold was ministering. He said, you know, whenever Harold was ministering, or he wasn't here, but he said, whenever minister was wanting to stick with him, the Brother Harold said, you know, he was, you say, when you go to pray, just quote God's word back to him. You say it back to him because he said it. Just remember him of his word. And I said, that is really good. Remember him of his word. And you know, when you start to remember him of his word, you start to believe that word. Because there is something in you that starts to connect with a supernatural above. And when those two come together, you know what happens? The miracles start to take place. You just take him out of his word. But you see, Joshua and Caleb, they had received the word for their day. See, they had done seen the Red Sea been open. See, they already done see a rock in the middle of a desert bring forth water. They had done seen, you know, manna rain out of heaven. See, they had done seen all that. But you see, when they were back in Egypt, Pharaoh never opened the Nile. And here was the mixed multitude saying, let's go back. The Pharaoh that served there, he was never able to open, open the Nile. He never fed them with a proper kind of food. Why should we go back? While they were in Egypt, there was no hope in Egypt. 
There was no future in Egypt. There was no promise in Egypt. Why do we have to go back? And when they rose up that day, and they started to make the post and started to say, you know, we cannot take the land because there are giants there. And they are big and so far, we, we cannot take the land. But Joshua and Caleb and said, you shut up, you backslidden believers. We are going to take the land. Because the same God who promised us, he's going to take us through. Because this God that we know, he is not a halfway God. But he's the God that goes all the way. He's not a God that goes halfway and turns back. But he's a God that if he sets you on a path, he's going to bring you to the end. And if you set you on a path for a rapture, he's bringing you to a rapture. He's bringing you to a rapture. And you see, they decided they were not going to look back. Neither were they going to turn back. And it was Elijah. So we're hearing this morning, it was Elijah. And the Bible said that Elijah, you know, he was going from one place to the other. And, and as he walked, he saw there was Elisha. You know, Elisha, that he was, he was driving, I think, 11 yoke of oxen. And, and the twelfth one, he was the one driving the twelfth one or something of that sort. And, and as he saw Elisha, he just threw his mantle on him. And Elisha ran back and he said, you know, bid me go back and, and kiss my, my loved ones and, 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 and I follow you. And Elijah said to him, well, what have I done to you? And you may say, but well, then Elisha went back. But I want you to notice what he went back to do. See, when he went back, he went and he, he, went and he packed all his instruments he had for the, for the working of the ox. And he packed them all together and he set them on fire. And when he set them on fire, he took all the oxen that he had and he killed them all. And he put them on the fire and he roasted them. What was he doing? He was burning on every bridge. Because he had received a mantle, he was born on every bridge. And he was making it clear to the people that were around him that he was not going to turn back anymore. That something had happened, that he had received something that was a supernatural time. He was born on every bridge. He was cutting down, cutting loose every shoreline. He wasn't turning back anymore. He was going all the way with Elijah. He was going all the way with Elijah, and he went back home, and he said, good boy. Brother Branham said that must have been the last time that he seen his parents, because he was never coming back. Never coming back. Said good boy to his parents. Said good boy to his friends. Said good boy to the world. And he said, because I am leaving. I am leaving. There is something that is drawing me. I don't even know this man, but I, there is something pulling me after him. I am leaving. And as I am leaving, I am burning every bridge behind me because I am not coming back to this place. And if there has been a place that you have been, I want you to know there is a man that has been drawn upon you and it's your time to make a decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to be like Elisha? Oh, are you going to be like Lot's wife? He said, I'm going all the way. And it came a time that, you know, Elijah was about to leave. And 
And you know, he was going from one place to the other. And Elisha was following him, and, and he said to Elisha, you know, you tarry in this place, or say, go over to battle. And he said, as the Lord leave it, and as my, your soul leave it, I am not going to leave you. See, because he had nowhere to go to. He has nothing to go back to. He had done burn everything. He was not going anywhere. He's going to follow him all the way. And he kept on following him from battle to, to Jericho and so forth, and they kept on going. See, he wasn't just going to stop a justification. He wasn't going to stop a sanctification. Because, you see, those places are dangerous places. They might take you back again, but when you go back, you're not going to find anything. You're going to find misery. And you, everyone in here know people who have turned back and what they found. And he said he would keep following him. And he went all the way to the baptism of the Holy Ghost and crossed over Jordan. And when he crossed over Jordan, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, I want a double portion. I want a double portion. But now I want you to notice what, what Elijah says to him. Elijah said to him, if you see me when I am taken away from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if, but if not, it shall not be so. So now to Elisha has been told, if you see me go, then you are going to receive the double portion. At that moment, I can guarantee and I am very sure that Elisha's eyes were not off Elijah. But his eyes was fixed on him. Because he now if I just turn to the left or turn to the right or look back and he just takes off, I have missed my blessing. I have missed her. And that's what we ought to be. We know Elisha is the type of the bride. Keep your eyes on the word. Don't turn to the left or turn to the rest or turn even to look back. Remember the scripture didn't say turn him back, but it said just turn him to look back. Just turn him to look back. That's exactly what Lord's wife did. See, she didn't turn to start walking towards Sodom. She just turned to look back. And Elisha said, I am not going to turn and look back, but I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on him until I see him go because I want to receive that blessing. I want to receive that portion. And there's a blessing that is start for the bride, but we must keep our eyes on him. We must keep watching him, keep looking at him. Amen. It was Naomi. He had left the country and she had went all the way down to, to Moab. She's gone to Moab and she all attends had not been good in Moab and, and she had lost all that she had. And it came time that Naomi said that she would return back to Judah again. And Naomi was on a journey back with Arpur and Ruth and and they kept on walking down the journey, and obviously they were her daughters-in-law, as they had lost their husband, which was, you know, Naomi's sons. And they were walking down, and we know how Ruth is a type of the gentle bride. 
you know, that was taken out of the world. And, and we know how Arthur is the type of the lukewarm church. And Naomi, the type of the Jewish Orthodox church. And so they were on a journey back. And, and while Naomi said to them, well, you know, I don't have anything more to give to you. So you just go back. Return back to Babylon. Return back to Moab. Go back. Go back and find rest. Go back and, you know, enjoy the gods of, the gods of Moab and, and the idols of Moab. Just go back to your original life. Go back to what you used to be. Because I have nothing else to offer you anymore. And, you know, both of them wept. Both of them were sorrowful. But Arpa kissed, Arpa kissed Naomi, and she returned. She went back. She went back to Moab. Brother Branham was saying, Kinsman, Redeemer, Jeffersonville, 1960. He said, now she returned back to her gods many times. We returned back to our gods of our beginning. Maybe we got our eyes of lust. After the wrong turn, we'll turn back to lusting again. Maybe we got the idols of drinking, idols of smoking, idols of lying, idols of stealing, all kind of idols, and then profess and be baptized, and then turn again. What a sad turn. He said, you remember, it never spoke of her name no more, talking about Arthur. Her name was no more recorded in the scriptures. When she turned back. I was listening to this message. And when I got to this part. It just struck me. And when it said that many times. We turn back. To the gods. Of our beginning. We turn back to the gods of our beginning. And it struck me. Many times we turn back to those gods. And, and we, we just, we just kind of. Try to cover ourselves up. To say the grace of God will take care of us. But remember that Paul said that, you know, if grace abounds, should we continue in sin? And he said, God forbid for us to do so. And it struck me and I said, you know, Lord, help me. Because I don't want to turn back to any God anymore. I want to go all the way with you. You see, the grace of God didn't just come to cover your sins, but the grace of God came to deliver you from your sins. And we're not called to turn back to these gods, but who, you know, Arpa did. And she returned back to these gods. So Naomi turned to Ruth and said to Ruth, now you go back and follow your sister. Follow her and go back to your gods. Go back to Moab. But you see, there was something that was burning deep in, in Ruth. Ruth couldn't understand him, but she said, she was steadfast in her decision to say, I am not going back. I am not going back. But where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you are buried, I will be buried. Where you die, I will die. And the Lord do so to me and even more also. Until dirt pass me and you. Brother Branham continues to say, Kinsman, Redeemer. 
It says she made a decision. She had to either go back or go forward. We stand on that same ground this morning, or we can say this evening, go back or go forward. He said, don't never go back. And I'll repeat it again. He said, don't never go back. He said, let's go forward. Don't never go back, but let's go forward. Ruth was turning her back to all the idols. Ruth was turning her back to all the gods. Because there was something burning within her to follow Naomi. Now you see, Naomi couldn't understand the whole picture. She thought that she was forsaken. She had lost it all. But little did she know that she was part of God's program. See, she was part of God's program because, you see, if Naomi had never left the land, she would have never met Ruth. And if Naomi had not lost everything, Ruth would have never wanted to follow her back to her land. And you see, the Jew people, they were blinded for our sake. See, they went through a whole lot of, they left their land and they were persecuted and that on the other. And you see, all was for you because God had on his mind a bride. Because Ruth was predestinated to continue in the lineage from which Christ was going to come. And you have been predestinated to bring forth Jesus Christ. But Ruth couldn't understand the whole program. But that was God's doing. And we know that there is coming a day that he's going to turn back to them again. But now we are the ones that he's dealing with. Now you are the root. Are you going to turn back or are you going to continue walking? And so Ruth decided and, and so they went ahead on the journey. And I want you to notice that they got to the land of Judah and when they got to the land, the Bible said that it was the beginning of barley harvest. It was the beginning of barley harvest. You see, God did not pull you out of the world to bring you to a land where there is famine and there is hunger. He didn't pull you to a land to bring you to a place where there is poverty. But he pulled you to a land to bring you to a place where there is bread. Where the bread is not just an old bread, but it's a fresh bread that is coming down out of heaven. That is the time that they got to Judah. It was the moment of barley harvest. There was bread. There was fresh bread. And when they got there, you see, when they got there, Ruth had to go. Ruth had to go out, and she had to go to find a place where she could clean. She couldn't just sit at home. She had to go find a place to clean. Because if she didn't, they were going to starve, and they were going to die. I hope you're seeing it in the spiritual. There was something in you that was searching for the truth. It was searching not for some old dead carcass food. It was searching for a fresh, fresh food from God, from heaven. And you had to go and glean. And she went out to glean. But before she went, Naomi started to speak to her. And I said, you go out and 
you know, this place, I, I still do have a kinsman around this place of my husband, and, and his name is Boaz. And we know Boaz is a type of Christ. And I said, I want you to go down and glen on his field. And, and so while she listens and she obeys, and she goes to glen on the field, because Naomi said to her, that, you know, if you go, perhaps you will find favor. Perhaps you will find grace and you will find rest with him. And so Ruth goes to the field and, and she starts to glean. And as she starts to glean, Boaz come to the field. Now notice that Boaz has been on the field many times. And there have been many sisters that have been around that have been gleaning. And he has seen all those sisters gleaning. He has seen all those people gleaning. He has seen all the denominational people. He has seen all the worldly people. But it came a time that a certain lady showed up on the field. Oh, hallelujah. And that was you. She showed up on the field. And Boaz, straight away, when he walked in the field, his eyes fell on her. His eyes fell on you. There was a connection. There was something that was drawing Boaz to root. And something fell. Fell on Boaz's heart. And it was love at first sight. And she, he started to ask, who is that lady? Who is her? He said, well, she's the more boy that came with Naomi. And I started to command them, you take care of that lady. You make sure that she never gets hurt. You make sure that, you know, you keep on protecting whatever she does. You be with her. But you see, Boaz didn't only command the people. But Boaz himself walked down to root. Boaz came to root to confirm the word that he has told his people to do to root. Oh, hallelujah. I hope you are catching it this evening. He came and told Ruth, now I know that you have heard that you are the more boy that came down with Naomi and so forth. And I want to tell you, don't leave this place. Don't leave this message. Don't leave this word. Don't leave this grounds. Because here is where you are going to have rest. And he said, you stay there and clean. And she obeyed and she bowed to him. And I said, you carry on and clean. You go ahead and keep cleaning. And you know what it did? It went to the young man again. And I said to him, yeah, I told you, don't touch them. Don't touch her at all. But he didn't just stop there. He said to the reapers, you know, when you are going down the field. Oh, hallelujah. When you're going down the field, you purposely drop some handful down. Oh, hallelujah. When you're going down, purposely drop some handful for him. Don't let it just toil and toil and toil. Don't let it just suffer and suffer and suffer. But purposely drop some handful to her. Drop some blessings to her. And I can tell you that tonight, the reapers who are a type of the angel, I hear them this building. They are moving around in this building. And they are dropping handfuls this evening. 
They are purposely dropping some Holy Ghost this evening. They are purposely dropping some deliverance this evening. They are purposely dropping some healing this evening. Sister Sarah frees them. There is some angel that is passing down your way. They are purposely, the reapers, they were commissioned to go and do so. Brother Branham will say, continues in Kinsman Redeemer. He said, don't you like to find them handfuls? Handfuls? He said, I hope we find some this morning, don't you? A handful of fresh barley. The Lord do something that he used to do. Something that we know he does. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the only one that can drop the handful. I command the angels to go down to that meeting this morning. And we can say it, I command the angels to go down to this meeting this evening. He said, I want them to go down and do a certain thing. He said, I have commanded them and they will do it. And I want you to know that this evening there are angels that have been commissioned to the service. They have been commissioned to do the service, to do some certain thing for you, Sister Bethea. To do a certain thing for you, Brother Michael and Sister Nancy. To do a certain thing for you, Brother Mike. Do a certain thing for you, Sister Naomi. They have been commissioned to come down this evening to do a certain thing for you. That you will know that this is God. They do you will know that He's the same yesterday, He is the same today, and He is the same forever. That you have come down in a barley season. You're commissioned to do something for you. And so Ruth continued to glean. She never stopped. She continued to glean. She came every morning and she gleaned. And she went home with more than what she thought she would receive that day. There was always an exceeding abundantly than what she expected. And she continued to glean. But then it came another time. And Naomi said to her, This evening I want you to prepare yourself. I want you to cover yourself this evening. And I want you to go down to the threshing floor. I want you to go down to the threshing floor. And I notice the threshing floor is the place where, is the place where they, they kind of remove or they kind of take the grain out of the husk. And I said, I want you to go to the threshing floor this evening. Because something is going to happen this evening. And I want you to go there. Now notice, she's come out of Moab. She's come to a field. She's come in a time that it was a barley season. It was a time that there was food. The churches have come down all through the ages to a time of barley season. To a time that there is food. Amen. They have come all the way down 
pulled out of denominations and come to the message. And they have been told not to leave this place, but to stay in the message. And now the evening time has come, and she has to go to the threshing floor. Why? Because at the evening time, Boaz is going to tear off the seals of the book. Because at this time, Boaz is going to reveal the root who he really is. Because see, all along, Ruth have been told that Boaz is a kinsman redeemer. But you see, Boaz himself had not yet told Ruth about that. But there was going to come a time that he was going to meet with Ruth and he was going to reveal to Ruth who he is. And I said this evening, you go down the threshing floor. Because he's going to tear them open and he's going to reveal himself to you. He's going to make himself real to you. Because he's going to win all the barley. He's going to remove all the man-made creed out of the world. He's going to remove all the false doctrine out of the word. He's going to bring forth a pure grain, a pure barley, a pure word. And the pure word is going to reveal himself to you. So that's the season. That's the time you go down. He's going to turn it all open to you. But it's that when you get down there, when you get down there that evening time, I want you to go down at his feet. You see, you can't bypass Calvary before you receive the revelation of the word. You see, you need to go through Calvary. And he said, before you receive the, he tells you who he really is. You first need to go to his feet. You first need to lay down at his feet. You first need to go to Calvary and recognize what he's done for you. You have to recognize the sin that is taken off of you. You ought to recognize that you have been redeemed. I want you to go and lay down at his feet. I'm there. I don't just want you to lay down, but I want you to die to yourself. I want you to purge everything away. I want you to die to everything because he can't bring the revelation until you are dead to yourself. You must be completely empty for him to fill you up. So go down there and lay down at his feet. Lay at his feet. And she prepared herself and she went down. And she lay down there at Calvary. Until she died to herself and she said, not only that, but after that, uncover his feet and pull that blanket over you. Amen. Pull his blanket over you. Because that is what is going to bring you to revelation. If you go to listen to Kinsman Redeemer, when Brother Branham gets to that place, it, in a little note for the said, Brother Branham started past his Bible. When it started to say, when it started to say in the part that it says, you know, go and let him, let him cover you with his blanket, he started to pass the Bible. They said the blanket is the word. Go down there and let him cover you with the word. Because it is the word that is going to bring you the revelation. It is the word that is going to bring you peace. Go and be covered by peace. Go and be covered by faith. Because that is the faith that you are going to need for a rapture. Go and be covered. Go and be clothed with the word. 
she went down and she was clothed. And she was covered with the word. Oh, friends. Oh, but it was a midnight. Oh, hallelujah. It was a midnight when Boaz rose up. At midnight, at the darkest of hour, at the darkest of time, that was the time that Boaz rose up. And Boaz started to speak to Ruth. And I said, Ruth, I'm going to reveal myself to you. Yes, indeed. I am the kinsman redeemer. I am the one that is commissioned. I am the one that is going to redeem you. And he started to reveal himself to her. Instead of telling her who he really is. He said, I will redeem you. But in the meantime, well, I am going to do the redeeming work. Oh, glory be to God. You take these six measures of barley. Oh, glory be to God. You take these six measures of barley. You go ahead and you take the church age books and you look at me age from age from age how I have been working. You look at me how the word has been going from all the way from Ephesus to Philadelphia. You just keep watching me. Because I am going to be the seventh measure. But at the moment, you hold on to these six measures. Because the seventh measure is coming. The seventh measure is coming to redeem you. The seventh measure is coming to fill you with all the ghosts. The seventh measure is going to come to give you rapture and fade. Hallelujah. Hold on to these six. But I am coming. I am coming. Why? Because you, on that day when you had to decide, you decided that you won't turn back. And you came, and I have fallen in love with you, and I want to redeem you. Hold on to these six measures. But the seventh is coming. And the seventh has come. The seventh has come. Amen. And when they were there, he said to her, when you leave this place, tell no man about us that you came to this floor. See, it was a secret. It was going to only be revealed to Ruth. Only Ruth was going to get to know. Eventually, they were all going to get to know. But at that moment, it was a secret to Ruth alone. And I said, when you leave this place, tell no man about it. Hallelujah. Tell no man about it. This is a secret between I and D. Here on this threshing floor. It has come time for the wheat. Come time for the grain to come out of the husk. Amen. And remember, it was all because she didn't turn back. Because Harper never received any of this. But only she received it. Only you are receiving this. Because the denomination, they turned back on it. 1963, they said, that is fanatic, that is false doctrine. He's gone out of his mind, just leave him alone. They torn him down, and they went back to the creeds, went back to the denomination, and where they are at now, coming to a, to a council of churches. 
Look at where they are now. But that was the group that said we will follow. That was not because of you, but because there was something in you. There was a predestinator seed in you that said you will follow. Amen. Oh, my time is just running away. Oh, my. Hope you bear with me for a little bit. Amen. And as I said, you know, it's a secret. And I said, you know, from this time on, I want you to know that you, you have been barren. You've never had a child, but you're going to have a child. And when you have a child, it's going to be lineage that is going to bring forth Christ. And as we heard this morning about being pregnant, you see, the time had come that Ruth was going to get pregnant with a word. Amen. Because a kinsman redeemer had come. But you see, oh my. But you see, at that time, there was a nearer kinsman than Boaz. There was a nearer kinsman than Boaz. But when they met at the threshing floor that evening, Boaz said to her, Don't you worry, I will take care of that. Don't you worry. I'll take care of that nearer kinsman. And actually, as a matter of fact, I want you to know that I have already taken care of that near kinsman. Because some 2,000 years ago, oh, hallelujah, some 2,000 years ago, I took a trip down to hell. Hallelujah. I took a trip down to hell and I broke those gates of hell and I jerked off of him the keys of hell, the keys of death, and the keys of the grave. And now death cannot hold you anymore. But now you are going to be bound with me throughout to eternity. You're going to bound with me throughout to eternity. Because I were taking care of the nearer kinsman. All because Ruth said, I will not turn back. But Lot's wife turned back. Lot's wife turned back. The angels had come. And they said, Lord, you know, said, Lot, you know, you need to come out of this place. And the scripture says the Lot was actually lingering. He didn't want to leave. They had to literally grab him and pull him out of the town. The grace of God told him. But you see, when they left the place, Lot's wife's heart was still back in Sodom. She couldn't leave all the tents in Sodom. She was still lost after those tents. When they left the place, the angel said, Escape for your life. Don't look back. And those don't stay in the plain. But go up into the mountain. Escape. Go up over. Lest you be consumed. But you see Lot. His wife wanted to go back. Time tested memorials of God. Jeffersonville 1957. And as she went with her husband out of the city. She kept looking back. Weeping and grieving because she had to give it up. To separate herself from the type of, to separate herself from that type of death. Jesus said, he that put his hand on the plow and even turns to look back is not worthy of the plowing. What type of a people should we be? 
He'd have put his hands on, he'd have put his hands to the plow and even don't turn back, but just turn to look back. It's not worthy even of the plowing. Oh, we should keep our eyes and our and hearts single. No matter what the other people do, what the church does, what the neighbor does, what anyone else does, keep your heart centered on Calvary. Don't even stop to look back. We've got no time to look back. But you see, she looked back. And as she looked back, she stands today as a memorial that everyone can see her looking over her left shoulder up until today. She stands as a memorial because she looked back. But I want you to know that there is another memorial that the Lord is raising up. Amen. And this memorial that he's raising up, it is called the bride. This bride is another memorial that he's raising up. And she is not going to turn back. She is not going to turn back. But she is a memorial that has been set for Satan to remember. She's a memorial that has been set for Satan to remember. Because I can tell you, Satan remembered that day back down in the 50s, back down in the 40s, back down in the 60s, when he was cast out in Brother Branham's meetings. He still remembers that. It's a memorial there for him to remember. Satan remember the devil of tuberculosis. Remember that day when he was cast out of the life of Georgie Carter. He still remembers that day. The devil of cancer remembers that day when he was cast out of the life of Sister Mida by the spoken word. It's a memorial. He still remembers it. He still remembers that day when Sister Harry Wright's boys were saved by the spoken word. He still remembers it. There is a bride that has been erected for a memorial. And tonight it is your turn to set the memorial. It is your time to set your memorial. Whatever you have been struggling with, this is your time to let Satan remember that on this day to be a memorial to him that he was cast out. Amen. For him to know that this day that he was cast out. It's a memorial that has been set. And you see, this bride, she is not going to turn back. And the only time that she's going to turn and look back is when she's going to turn and look at the picture of what she was before the foundation of the world. That's the only time that she's going to turn and look. She's going to turn and look back to that day when she shouted. On that day when she shouted for joy. Because on that day, she was told all the plan of the redemption plan of God. On that day, she saw her name written on the book. And she shouted. That is what she looks back to. That is what she remembers. Because on that day, she realized that Satan is never going to have enough to take her name off that book. 
She realized that on that day. And that was one of the reasons why she shouted. That was one of the reasons why she shouted. Moreover, she was told that she was going to be the final voice to this final age. And that was another reason why she shouted. Moreover, she was told that she's going to defeat every enemy that will come down her way. And that was another reason why she shouted. Moreover, she was told that she was going to be the one that's going to run the final race. And that was another reason why she shouted. Moreover, she was told that she was going to be the one that was going to have a body change. And that was another reason why she shouted. She was the one to run the final race. As far as my brother Mike and he was saying some certain things. I was supposed to go for another service, but the Lord put it on on this one too. But she was running. She's supposed to run the final race. And I want you to notice that in a race, if you ever watched the Olympics, I used to run. And I used to be the last runner. Yeah, you don't believe it, but yes. Yeah, they look like little feet, but they were fast some time ago. They're fast and very light. But I used to be the last runner. And you see, we've come to a time that we have been called to be the last one. And you see, in the selection of the last runner, they never take the slowest one for the last part. They never take the weakest one for the last part. But they take the fastest one. They take the strongest one. And now they don't take the one that perhaps have got the long stamina. The one that can perhaps go around for about 30 laps or 40 laps. They don't normally take that one. But they take the one that can be fast just for a short space of time. Oh, hallelujah. She can be fast for just a short space of time. And I tell you, we're living in the shortest space of time. And she is the one that has been picked to run the last race. They don't pick the backslider. They don't pick the slotting one, the slumbering one. They don't pick the center. They don't pick the one that is going to turn back halfway of the halfway of the race. They don't pick the one that is going to stop in the middle of the race. But they pick the one that they know that he's going to go all the way. And that he is the fastest one too. Oh, bride of Christ, it is time for you to recognize who you are. You see, you are the fastest one that has been chosen. You see, you can look back and say, but what about Elijah and all of them and, and you know, John the Baptist and, and all the great, you know, the great, you know, the great men of old. What about all of them? You see, God, he knew what was needed in this last age and he called you to be here. Stop looking back, but start looking forward.
Stop looking back to what they have done. That was for their age. That was what they were supposed to do. And they done it. But what are you doing in your age? It is time for you to focus on the product that's been given to you. On the word that has been given to you. For you to manifest what the word says about you. He's the fastest one. And you know, he's down there and, and as he's there, he's just watching. And, and you know, the whole race starts. And as the race starts, he just sits there. He just stands there and he's watching the race. He's watching them start all the way coming down. And I tell you, on this final race that we are in, we have been watching. We've watched the word go from Ephesus to Smyrna. We've watched the word go from Smyrna to Pergamos. We've watched it go from Pergamos to Tytara. We've watched it go from Tytara to Sardis. We've watched it go from Sardis to Philadelphia. And now we've come down to the last age of Laodicea. And there's a prayer that's been called to run the final race. And as he's standing there and he's watching all of them come down the racetrack. He's just standing there and he's building momentum. Now I want you to know that the adrenaline and the energy that is flowing through his vein is not the same that was when he was on the training grounds. But now that he gets on the battlefield, now that he gets on the race, the adrenaline is different. See, on the training ground, he's just practicing, he's just training, he's just doing this and he's just doing that. But when it comes time for the race... See, we have, been, we have been through the Word, and we have been growing here and there, and, and we have been feeding on the Word. But there comes a time of maturity. There comes a time of maturity that you are put on the front line. And when you are on that front line, there is a different path. There is a different anointing. There is a power of the Holy Ghost that is flowing in you that is different. But all of that is the accumulation of all that you have been through. It's the accumulation of all the trials that you have been through. That's what it is. And he's building momentum as he's there. Building momentum as they're going down the race. And he's just, he's just looking and he's just watching. And finally there comes a time that the word is handed to him. Or the word is handed to her. Or the baton is handed to her. And you see, when the baton is handed to her, all the loose hands have been tied together and it has now been given to her. All the loose hands from all the six church ages have been tied together and has been given to her. The book has been opened. The word has been revealed. And she's been told, now you take it and run all the way to the rapture. And you know, when I, when I was down there, when I was racing in those days, you see, when the, the, those that are in the race and they are coming, many a times when they are racing, they look back. They look back to see how they're doing. They look back to see what is happening, you know, they, they, to see where are they at, what is the opponent doing. They keep looking back, trying to see their pace. And trying to see, do I give more than what I have or, or what do I do? But you see, when it comes to the last one, 
See, all of them are done looking back. But when it comes to the last one, he's got his goal on only one turn. Because whatever has been, has already been. And now he's the one that is going to determine the victory or the blows. And when he receives the baton, there's only one thing that he's looking at. And the only thing that he's looking at is the finish line. That's the only thing that he's looking at. It's the finish line. And I have to go and cross the finish line. And as he's going crossing that finish line, I want you to notice he's not just going alone. But right there on the stands. Right there on the stands. There they are, cheering him up, cheering her up. Say, keep pressing on. Keep pressing the battle. Don't you stop. Just keep going. You are nearly at the end. Just keep pressing on. Don't you stop. But I want you to know there are angels here. There are angels here to cheer you up. To say, just keep pressing the battle. You have been handed the last part of the word. Just keep pressing on. Don't you stop. Don't you look back. Don't you turn back. But keep your eyes on the goal. Keep your eyes on the finish line. And just keep moving forward. Oh, hallelujah. Just keep moving forward. Because you are going to make it. Amen. You aren't going to make it. Why cry, Classville, 1969, 1959, sorry. But God has no retreat. There is no place to retreat in God. Go forward. The doctor says it's cancer, go forward. If it says it's TB, go forward. If the devil says you can't you can give it up, go forward. If your home says that you are going to be a fanatic, go forward. The church turns you out, go forward. There is no retreating back, go forward. Speak and go forward. Speak what? His word and go forward. Thus say the Lord and move on. Friends, it is time for you to speak the word. The loose ends are all been tied. And they've been given to you to run the final race. The musicians can come. To run the final part of this race. There is no turning back. We are not going back. But we're going all the way. We're going all the way. We've done burn down all the materials we had. We've done burn down all the, all the instruments we had. We've done burn down all the past. We've done burn it all down. Friends, it is time for us to start waving goodbye. It is time for us to start waving goodbye. Start waving goodbye. I don't know what your trouble has been, but you start waving goodbye. Because just as Elisha packed everything up and burned everything down, because he had found a message, because he had found a man, because he had found a word that he was going to go after, because there was a deep in him that was pulling him towards that word, he went back and burned down every bridge.
You start waving goodbye this evening. I don't know what you've been struggling with, but you start waving goodbye. You start waving goodbye to entertain this. It is sickness. You start waving goodbye to what? Has it been depression you've been fighting with? You start waving goodbye to what? Friends, it is time, and we are declaring to the enemy that we are not turning back. We've come too far to go back. We've come too far to turn around again. Let us rise on our feet. The reapers are here this evening. The reapers are here. They have been commissioned to purposely drop a handful this evening. Purposely drop a handful in your life. Whatever you need of, purposely drop it to you. The reapers are here. Whatever the struggle of Ben, we say to you, you go ahead and start waving goodbye. Because we are not turning back. We are not turning back anymore. Satan has bogged us down. Satan has fought with us. Satan has had his times. But this time has come that we are going all the way. We have received the baton and we are not turning back. Our eyes is only on one turn and that is the crossing line. We are going to cross it. We are going to have the body change. We are going to stay focused. Let's sing this song. No turning back. Do we know that one for the morning? No turning back. We're going all the way. We have made our decision that we're going all the way. Let's sing that to him. I have decided to follow Jesus. Well, let's sing this one here all the way. All the way.
family are going to go all the way. We are not going to turn back. We are leaving Babylon. And we're not taking anything from Babylon with us. If we live in Babylon, we go into that promised land and we're going to stay there and we're going to live there and we're going to bring up a life that is going to bring glory to the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're not going to bring anything from Babylon with us. But we're going all the way. Amen. The song we sang this morning, I'd like us to sing again as we turn into service to Brother, Brother Ed. We'll straight on this old cross for a crown. See, we need to go through Calvary. And the only way to go home is through Calvary. The way home is through Calvary. You can't boy past that. Amen. Let's sing that to him as we turn the service to Brother Brother Head. Amen. I started out with a made-up mind To one day cross the finish line I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize At times I've had to stand my ground And Satan tried to turn me around Hindered by his lies We're not gonna walk away We're gonna walk away, I've got 